0: Troy and Abed in the morning Check it, Troy and Abed This is my show My name is Matt Brown I repeat things for emphasis Emphasis (laughs) And let's start the show
1: Turn around Look at what you see In her face Make believe
0: I'm- ever- Let's just start the show with that. Here we go! Welcome to the Productive Conversations Podcast, everybody. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of this endeavor. What's going on, everybody? I hope we're all dandy, whether you're listening to this on the morning, in the afternoon, or the evening, or the night. I hope everybody is safe and rising above all the bullshit in our world and having a good time. I certainly am. To the greatest followers, listeners, and fans of this program, I thank you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope everybody is awesome today. It's Monday, January 25th. Joe Biden is president. Kamala Harris is vice president. And I hope everybody had a great weekend. An incredible, absolutely incredible conference championship weekend. Towards the end of this program, I will reflect on the incredible games from yesterday. And my early thoughts on the Super Bowl as well. And then next week, I'll have a full discussion about the Super Bowl and what's in store so a lot of Super Bowl coverage coming from here and we'll talk about the conference championship games at the end of this program and after our main attraction and interview and who is that today a rising stand-up comedian someone I talked to that made me just laugh the whole entire time I swear my cheekbones from smiling and laughing too much were sore after speaking with this guy. Cliff Moolah is on the program today. You can check out all his awesome content by going to Moolah one word, on Instagram. I mean, seriously, the show is about to be hilarious from this point out. Just also want to remind you all, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review and let me know what you think. And I would love all types of feedback. Follow the Productive Conversations Podcast Instagram page for all exclusive content regarding this show, at Productive Conversations Podcast, one word on Instagram, and you can follow me on my personal Instagram page, at MattBrown300, and also follow me on Twitter, at MattBrown31. But yes, all the logistics are there. I have the great, hilarious, and awesome stand-up comedian, Cliff Moolah, on the program, and let's start this. Let's begin. Let us have the main attraction. And stay tuned for my thoughts on the conference championships games in the NFL. But yep, Cliff Moolah, it's your turn. Let's start the program. everybody i have a great stand-up awesome content creator and one of hartford's finest everybody we are in a lucky position because cliff mula is on the productive conversations podcast today cliff what's going on brother
2: What's what's going on what's good with you man
0: yeah not too bad trying to change the world i wake up every day thinking how can i change the world I do with this podcast and whatever else I'm doing. How are you doing, Elon
2: Musk? Sign <laughs>
0: <laughs> easily, man. Even in better in better ways.
2: Nah, I'm doing all right, man. I'm blessed and highly favored, I guess. I don't know. I couldn't find nothing cooler than that to say, but yeah, I'm all right. Can't complain.
0: I love it. I'm either way. I mean, you're Elon Musk in your own way, bro. Seriously, but um, let's get to it. Cliff Moolah, one of the coolest things about you is the fact that you are a rising stand-up comedian. Is that correct? Yep. All right, man. In a world of comedy, in a world we're in, may I ask you, Cliff, why did you start to pursue stand-up comedy?
2: You want a long story or the short version?
0: I want the best one, but you can give the long one. We have ample time. I pay for it through Zoom, so I'm Uh, here for you.
2: I don't know. It, it started off when I was maybe like <clears throat> 17. I had like hoop dreams, but that shit wasn't working out. Right. So like I, I would smoke weed and I would like go come home and watch Comic View on BET.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And in the back of my mom I, uh, I wish I could do stand-up because I always liked comedy. I was just like a fan of the Wayne Brothers and stuff like that. Yeah. But then I don't know. I started doing like internet videos and I was like 20. <laughs> I was, I was into, like, you know, I want to make movies and shit, so I did some, like, internet video. It kind of blew up. Got, like, 1,500 views around the neighborhood and shit. Don't
1: worry. That's pretty I good to
2: start. I, I should have pursued it more. I regret not doing it in my early 20s, but I don't know. I was into, like, weed and hoes. <laughs> 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 and I, you know, I did a couple, of like, short movies, films and shit on YouTube, and then, like, when I was 24... <clears throat> 23, I had a dream I did stand-up. And then, like, a week later, this dude I know worked at a bar. I was like, yo, you should do this open mic. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. So I went there. I studied it. But I didn't do it till like, six months later because it was kind of cold. Right. <laughs> it was cold. Out. It was, like, January. And then um, my friend, one well, of my friends named Andre, I seen that he did stand-up. So that kind of gave me, like, the extra push to do it. So July 28th. Um, two thousand fifteen,
0: that's when I started stand up. How about that? And you're still rolling six just about six years later. Man, I know I, it, uh. And then man, dude, that's 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 incredible actually. You know, there's so many people we talk to and meet who's like, Oh, I wish I could do stand up, but I can't do it because I don't know how to do an act. I'm too scared to do it. But you actually Push yourself through it And you would say Like the help of your friends And um, you know Other influence help you decide Like that To get on stage like that
2: Yeah And I wasn't I mean I'm, I get I still get nervous When I get on stage But I don't know I think my I, It's a part of my brain I just don't care Like I'm just kind of like I've been through worse things in life than people not laughing at my jokes <laughs> <I'm just laughs> Like Right If you don't laugh at my jokes I just get off stage I don't gotta talk to you
0: <laughs> Definitely
2: to that I'm bombing I do acknowledge it But cool
0: you know i i i definitely respect you as a comedian and you know i listen to comedian podcasts all the time i mean this is really a result this podcast myself is a result of listening to so many comedian podcasts whether you're mark marins joe rogan's um joey diaz's stuff like that and i think it's it's um what they i think it's just really admirable what you did like can you could you walk us through your first time ever on stage? Like, what does it feel like to be in front of those people and stuff like that?
2: Um, My first time on stage, I was, well, I already told you the date. But, um, yeah,
0: in uh, was, July 2015.
2: Uh, one of my friends named Doug Kellner, shout out to him, he told me about this um, open mic website called Box Lava. It's pretty much like Craigslist for open mics. Oh, and wait. there was one in Manchester, Connecticut. So I called a person up. Like, yeah, we have open mics every Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember the date. But it was like a Tuesday. So I called him two weeks later, I told my brother and I told like maybe two of my friends, like, Yeah, I'm gonna do it for the first time. So mm-hmm. I, was already, I was already doing like um Instagram clips and shit like that.
1: Right.
2: And then so my brother picked me up and um he has a big he has like a big bottle, Remy seventeen thirty eight. He's like, Yo, man, you drink <laughs> Nah, bro, I don't want to be drunk my first time doing <laughs> like, Yo, donuts. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. I think it was the app. I'm more of an energy guy. So if people like like me already, I kind of like them, you know? Definitely. And one of the things you got to make them like you, even if they don't like you, you know? I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. But um, I don't know. I just got up and I was happy. I didn't really have no jokes. I was just excited. I was just, yeah, I'm doing it, you know? like first, Hell yeah. First, Oh, you know, oh shit, what's that, bro? And I did some jokes about porn, typical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was horrible. Now that I look back on it, but I enjoyed myself. And then after I got off, I probably did like four minutes. Then after I got off stage, I went off and got drunk.
0: Mm-hmm. You, are, you definitely, it must have been probably the most, it's a weight off your shoulder drink. Yo, I actually did it. And what made you decide to do it a second time?
2: The first time I was on stage, I was like, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Oh, <laughs> I just knew it. I was just like, all right, this is what I need to be doing. I was well aware that I sucked. I knew I wasn't that good because I like, I like to like study things before I do it. So I listen to um, a lot of comedians go like, oh, it's going to be a long road. It's going to be hard. I'm mm-hmm. like, ah. So it's my life. Whatever. not a big deal. <laughs> I've been through shit. So it's like, all right, I understand that. But I knew I wasn't funny. I knew they like liked me. I knew I was funny, but I wasn't funny, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's like, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Like, you know you're a funny personality, but when it comes to actually telling jokes and telling stories, you needed to improve that skill.
2: Yeah, so I was well aware of that. But my first year of stand-up, I didn't really take it too serious because like, I just didn't really know people. I didn't know you had to do it. Like, I didn't know it was an everyday thing until like, a year later in. Because, like, I was, I was yeah. a little bit of an alcoholic. Like I was going out drinking, partying. And I was 24, you know. Right. Stupid. So. But then, like, after a year, I started taking it more serious. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is what I got to do. Because, like, maybe the second time I bombed in, like, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yeah. Some guy, he, he talked to me. And, like, it kind of hit my soul a little bit. Because he's just telling me, like, oh, you got to be prepared. Like, how you come down here? You didn't have no jokes prepared or nothing. You didn't. He was, he was nervous. He wasn't confident, you know. And I kinda took that to heart. I'm like, you know, I'm a I'm a, I'm gonna take this more serious. So like twenty sixteen I started taking it more serious. Me and more people uh, investing yeah. more in my craft, you know. Cool. I'm like cool. taking buses to trains, the like whatever, like <laughs> get where I gotta go. I gotta be here, spend spend a lot of money on my pocket.
0: <sighs> mm. You know, as I told you, I listen to a lot of comedian podcasts and, you know, you can name the various ones. I mean, where, where's pod interviewing podcasting without the comedian influence and, and yeah, they, they say like, okay. it it takes a long time to find your voice almost. And it could, it does take multiple years, but in the payoff, if you make it, you really make it. So do you feel, you know, as you're pursuing that, and I know it's different in a pandemic world, but do you, you know, do you have that end goal scene um, where you want to be, whether big estate, be it on those, be it a huge name in it? Like you're aware that you know it's going to take many years of abuse, almost. Like I heard G- Joey Diaz, like you sign up for five for like a good five years of abuse, but if you keep you know pushing it, then you're the famous comedian and you, people go to you. So, is that something you always keep in mind as you pursue it? Like I will, this is going to be worth it at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, but sometimes you know I get a little jaded because like I put out content and it's not like what I wanted it to be. Like I don't I don't have fifteen million followers, you know. But right. I kind of just I'm I'm just learning more about myself. Like I I'm more I'm not a I think I'm a likable person, but I'm not like a Kevin Hart type of dude, you know. I'm not mm-hmm. like a I, I can't explain it. I'm not I'm not going to say everything PC and the right things at the right times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a guy in a room, like, I can be the guy that lights up the room or, for the most part, just the guy in the back observing. I'm kind um, of more quiet. But I can be charismatic, but I'm not, like, turning on all the time. So I'm kind of getting more comfortable with myself with that stuff like that.
0: Right. And then I assume once you, f- you know, as you're figuring that out, you just uh, um, put that in your act and stuff.
2: Oh, yeah. I try to be, like, as real as possible. But you kind of, like, I see comedy as, like, you're having a conversation with your boys. But you got to be well aware that it's women present, you know. For sure. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, I can tell you some stuff, but I kind of, kind of word things a little different because you know, you mean the men too. They can get sensitive. Oh, I had to say it like that. But <clears throat> sometimes you can't, you can't get everybody on your side. That's just something you got to deal with. That's something that I'm trying to get. You know, because you you kind of get in your head. You're up there. You're performing. It's like a hundred people laughing, but there's that one person that's like, well. You talked about sea lines, and I I like sea lines, and (laughs) it was kind of like you're like yo motherfucker, like (laughs) that's when the anger come out, like yo man, it's a joke, you know. But then you gotta be like, he doesn't like it, he has he's entitled to his opinion. Other people like it, but you're just still focusing on one person, you know. It's that rejection factor.
0: Really? So you're someone, you know, if you do get a hundred people in a room, you make 99 of them laugh with that one person you will remember in your head figuring out like, oh, what can I do with that? It's just a oh, natural comedian. thing.
2: I don't know what it is about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I heard Colin O'Brien talking like, about All
2: right, 99 of the people laugh, so that's cool. But it'd be like, it makes you just think like, yo, what, what was his problem? You know? Mm. Yeah. But I remember. It's not even a comedian. It's just them.
0: Right. I remember hearing Colin O'Brien talk about that specifically, like my whole night is defined by that one person. And, you know, should comedians really focus on that or keep moving on? Or like you said, it's just a natural thing all comedians um, have. Just
2: keep moving on, man. I'm not gonna focus on my attention to someone that's not giving me attention, but I get it. After a while, comedians, you kind of do get jaded. Cause like I do open mics and stuff like that. and you see a lot of people like this, like for one example, the first time I did comedy, second time I did comedy, I went up to this guy, he's probably been doing like six years and I'm Mm -hmm. talking to him trying to pick his brain but he kind of blew me off. But I got, I was kind of mad, I was good with him but then like a year later, a year or two later he seen I was doing comedy, I was consistent with him, he was like nah, I probably blew you off when I first met him. I'm like yeah, he's like nah, I just do that to people because people come and go in comedy. Like literally there's a lot of people that come in comedy they do it for like three months, fuck a bunch of people, and then they just leave. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's t- a lot. I've been doing it five and a half years. I've been, seeing, I've seen that a lot. So, but now I'm at his point. Now I'm going on six years. So like, I, I see what he means. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like. I feel that the consistency part is the most important when creating content because there's so many people who can just sign up for an open mic. I see it in the podcasting. You know, I'm very new to this and I still have my ways to go and I have respect to earn. But so many other people trying to make podcasts that I've seen. And, you know, again, I'm only a few months in, but I've seen so many people like say, oh, I'm going to do this and then that they'll do the podcast for like a month and then they'll bounce and never do it again or they give up on it. And, and like, at least for me, I still have a long ways to go and a, to, and a reputation to earn, but I figure at least with me, as long as I keep doing shows, bring on interesting people like the great Cliff Moola and others, then I can at least start getting respect. That's like, okay, this guy's taking it seriously enough to make, not make it a phase. Is that the same thing with comedy? Yeah, definitely.
2: Cool. And I, I just respect hard work too. Even when that guy did blow me off, I kind of got it a little bit in the, in that moment because, like, I'm a type of dude. I can get angry, but I can like sometimes be logical too. Like, oh, he probably gets this all the time, you know? Yeah. Probably gets this all the time. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. I'm gonna make him one day. I always think that I'm competitive. I'm like, all right, one day he's gonna respect me, know who I am. So we're on a subway. You know, two years later, uh, 18 months later, we're on like on a on a subway in a train or whatever it was like drinking honey and he's like have a conversation
0: with me oh Yo, <laughs> man you're
2: were... performing you know
0: yeah it's um i'm sure it's, you know it's a jungle out there but you know your place and you just love to perform so you know transitioning to that uh, as you generate material ha- what's your way of go generating material i've heard like the best way to live a comic generates materials just living life and observing things. What does Cliff Moolah do specifically to generate material?
2: I just live life. If it makes me laugh, like really, I'm really thinking about it, you know, I just be like, you know what, let me try it. And then you go up on stage. I'm more of a guy like, well, comedy, you got to get a reaction out of people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the weirdest, craziest shit is just funny. I don't know what it is. You got to you got to be right. interesting. You got to, you know, Something of like, what about you makes you want to listen for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know? It's all like, what's next? What's next? What's next? So like something that's like out of the ordinary, but not like too, too crazy. I just think about it. And I just go upstairs, go on stage, talk about it. So he gets a laugh, gets a response. And he just build on it. But I just normally just live life.
0: Good Word. I I hear that. And that's, that's what, um, it seems to make sense. You know, how could you connect with an audience if you're not living amongst them, even as a comedian? So, yeah, I, that that must be fun. that must be fun research to do for you, you know.
2: And, this is, and you gotta just know what people like too. Something I don't know is just all subjective. Like with me, people always tell me look like I'm smiling, having a good time, but like that's just how I've been when I was young. Like you know, ranking on people, roasting people. I might be thinking of something, be smiling, and then my friends that know me, like, what you thinking about, Cliff? Like, this guy looks like a whatever, whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, he does like so-and-so, you know? Definitely. So like, it has to make me laugh first. Cause it's all about confidence. I'm yeah, not going like, to talk about stuff I don't believe in.
0: Right. You know, I've been watching some of your material and looking at it before the show, like, when you were talking about, for instance, like wiping off an STD in the shower and <laughs> pretty much like that. Like it's around those lines that just, you know, naturally, naturally that was hilarious to try to make that off. Or, you know, you were talking about um, like, why, why do girls turn into hoes? Whether it's um, cause they have no dad or stuff like that. Um, like stories like that, as you continue material, are those more like, you know, besides you mentioning stuff, you think are those also like personal experiences? Do you are you someone who puts personal experiences in your act and stuff like that?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, personal experience, which you kind of kind of embellish it. Mm-hmm. And those jokes are like snippets of like jokes that I'm talking about for two three minutes, you know? Right. Because <laughs> that that one with the STD thing, I'm t- I'm trying to do a joke about how um, I got burnt from a girl that lived on Burnside Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny, right? It's I mean, that's ironic. You had the
0: warning right there. <laughs> I
2: found it very ironic. I'm like, oh, this is hilarious.
0: I can't wait to do a joke about this. But that was like three years ago. <laughs> Dude, you want to know one funny thing that I saw, like in terms of, uh, you know, obviously we have to be, you know, we're in a pandemic, so we're just always trying to be safe. But this guy said I, on his Facebook post that this girl got co- those the, these two hooked up and they both got caught, co- and the girl got caught. Co- and she was like, you gave me COVID. And then he said he took a COVID test. He comes up negative. So he's like, yo, this must be what it's like when, Jerry, when you're on Jerry Springer and you're told you're not the father. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is the world we live in now. <laughs> so it's always funny when, uh, I always appreciate comedians who are willing to uh, put themselves out there like that. And at the end of the day, we're all relating to it.
2: That's yeah, I mean, true, right? Well, sometimes One way or another. I'm starting to get more to the point, like, I don't care if you're, like, uncomfortable. I'm still going to have
0: a good time. mm mm-hmm. you know, that. You know, transitioning to that, you know, comedy's in a uh, delicate place right now as we're more PC, seems people getting more offended than ever, and, you know, it's causing various opinions on making comedy. Like, how do you treat, as you, as you, I mean, you might have, you might answer this already saying you don't care as long as you're laughing, you know as long as you're not like totally offending someone, how, how do you um strive when, uh you know, creating material and comedy in this PC world we're living in?
2: Uh, I just be myself, man. Like if you like it, cool. Follow me. If you don't go fuck yourself, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty simple, but I, I mean, I try to get everybody to like me, but I don't know. I got, I got a, I'm just kind of a more blunt and raw and honest guy. Right. I'll, Did I learn some key terms and, like, certain things to do? Like, when I first started coming, I could curse a lot for, like, no reason. I was very, very raw. But then one of my friends sat up to Mo Green Gregor dude. He was like, oh, you kind of cursing too much. Sometimes you got to just make it a little silly. Mm -hmm. So, like, instead of saying fuck, you just say, like, make love, you know? (laughs) Or, like, do the baloney tony. Something stupid. I'm like, all right, that that makes sense. Because I like silly stuff like that, too. So, I'm like, all right. I say shit like that sometimes. I'm like, all right, you're right, you're right. And then it ends up working, you know? But then sometimes you you have to add in a curse word. Like if you're like passionate in a joke or something or this is what somebody said. um, Can I say the F word on this?
0: Yeah, yeah, say whatever you want.
2: All right, all right. So like one time I was in like Northampton Mass. It's like, Four years ago, and Mm -hmm. Northampton is very like liberal and you know PC. I'm telling a story; it's a true story. I was at um I was performing in New York, and my friend was like, "Good luck at your show. Hope you fail." He's white, and then he calls me a sexy black. black So I said, Yeah, he called me sexy black. (laughs) Like what? So I say I say the joke as I'm saying it right now on stage, and the crowd got silent because I said the word. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of like confident. Yeah, I said it. So what? And I just kept, kept kept powering through the joke and they got kind of like at ease because they was like, all right, this guy's not, he doesn't mean nothing by it. This is what this yeah. guy told me. And I'm right. like, doesn't that make him call me sexy and black, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know what, at least a comedy fan, like, dang, I'm sure you, you have a, a good take on this too. I think there's a clear difference when a comedian is doing a bit than their actual thoughts, and I think so many people just want to jump in to try to either cancel someone or push them out. That's just that's just unfair. Like, don't, you're a comedian, so I'm sure you know the difference between a bit and your actual thoughts. Like, how do you dance with that and uh, people feel feel you know, some type of way?
2: Mm, I mean, I don't really care. Like, if they come up to me, I'm pretty I'm pretty laid back. I'm pretty like. I don't say political, but if they come like, yo, I got offended, I would apologize, like, yo, it's not my intent to hurt your feelings. I was just trying to be funny. Right. I get you to understand that. But if they keep coming at me, coming at me, coming at me, coming at me, I'm a person. So I'm going to be like, yo, you want to step outside? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Hartford, like, yo, you want to step outside and yeah. really, really have a problem? Let's fight. And they're going to be like, oh, no, bro, it's not that serious. Exactly. Um, <laughs> not that serious. man. I'm I, I like not going to argue with you. I don't got time. You don't like what I said. Cool. It hurts my feelings a little bit, but that's it. You said what sure. you said. Continue with your day.
0: Better that than physical. I mean, you know, when someone gets punched over getting offended at a joke, that's how you know it's... Yeah,
2: then you go in the car to like, damn, nice. uh, <laughs> I, I should just, you know. <laughs> I heard comedians say things I don't like. I mean, for the most part, I don't really get offended, but I'm like, oh, that's kind of corny. What the fuck is that?
1: Yeah. You know, if I'm will...
2: friends with them, I could pull them to the side. I'm like, yo, that's don't do that no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. But comedians are very sensitive people, so some of them take it the wrong way. I, mm-hmm. But I got a good read on people. I can know who I can talk to a certain way and who I don't.
0: Right, and at right. the end of
2: the day, it's all about me. I don't really give a shit what the other comedian does.
0: I respect that, I hear that, get your own voice You you wanna know one funny Bombing story I heard with uh, Things going too far So this is like 8 years ago, Hurricane Sandy hits There's this up-and-coming stand-up comedian Right? I, I can't think of the guy's name But um You know Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid No? You, have you ever seen the Karate Kid, heard of it?
2: Seen a little bit of it I don't, I wanna know if i see him on the street
0: Okay, but you know like, you know what the Karate Kid is. You know, big movie, I 80s, saw, stuff I like saw. that. Exactly. So the Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio, he is in the audience for this benefit. This comedian really didn't like the Karate Kid. He saw it with his, with his boys like in the 90s as a kid, and he was like, man, if I get the chance to tell the Karate Kid something, I'm gonna. 20 years later, as he's trying to grow his career, he sees the Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio, and he was like oh man this is my chance he just throws his material away the very first joke he says hey Ralph Macchio you don't know karate and I could kick your ass and then no one thought it was about it it just killed his vibe the whole time and he tries to do he does his 10 minutes no laughs at all and then you know and then he still trying to say the jokes. He's trying to go back to the karate kid. And then this this heckler goes and says, hey, man, if you don't get off the stage, we'll kick your ass. Haven't heard from him since. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like kick- it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, in your face. <laughs> I guess he just...
0: Oh, my God, I love I mean, that. I feel bad. I don't remember the guy's name. Who knows where he is now? But man, talk about vibes. Like, you ever dealt with hecklers or anything like that? Do you have a certain way to uh to deal with them?
2: I'm I'm still learning on that because I got a little bit of a tougher. Like I'm kind of like, I mean I, I can laugh things off for the most part. I can make jokes about it and be calm. But like. I don't know, man. It it all depends, though. Like, it all depends on what you say and how you say it. Because, like, some people, hecklers, sometimes they're the people that, like, they want to do stand-up, but they're kind of scared, so they just do stand-up from the (laughs) chairs. It bothers me because it's like, yo, you're not part of the show. Like, I'm on stage, I'm talking. Now, don't get me wrong, if I'm talking to you, then cool. But then, I don't know, you can do shows with black people, and I'm the same way, like. I speak my mind when I'm watching a movie. Like, yo, what the fuck? This is crazy. Damn, yo. Like, I, I'll do that, especially with people's jokes. Like, I'll be like, yo, that is stupid. Oh, yo. you funny, yo. I'm like that. But every now and then I'll be like, yo, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, ew, that's bad. I got to stop stop doing that. But um, I got a hecklist story. I remember one time I was bombing at the Funny Bone in um, mm-hmm. Hartford or Manchester. I don't like to say Hartford. The Hartford okay. Funny Bone in Manchester, Connecticut. Right. <laughs> and, um, it's a three-man show. It's me, the feature, the headliner. So yep. I go up. It's an all-black crowd. I see a couple people I went to high school and like elementary school with.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And about two minutes in, I was doing horrible. <laughs> so I'm like talking through my teeth, like, "Yeah, tough crowd, tough crowd, tough crowd." <laughs> and I just maybe like minute three or four. I had I had ten minutes minding. I just start cussing Anybody out you doing bad. the Bill Burr I'm still getting paid <laughs> And then I cussed them out Talking <laughs> shit Talking shit One Puerto Rican lady Was like Oh you're not funny No, I did a joke Talking about how Someone goes to jail Yeah And then she was like They didn't even take you to jail And I'm like <laughs> Yeah That shit It sunk my heart I was like Fuck But then um. So anyways I get mad I do my 10 minutes I cuss people out Like 5 minutes in The last 5 minutes <laughs> And I, I, I go to the drinking area, to the little, little bar. I get a drink, I'm talking to TK Kirkland, I'm mad. Big Reg was there, they was laughing at me, and shit. <laughs> and he's like, "Ah, oh, don't worry, you'll find your stride or whatever, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm mad, but I know I'll get over it. But I get back on stage, it's 300 people in the crowd, black people, right? Mm-hmm. I get back on stage to bring up the feature, they go, oh! Are <laughs> 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 like, you again? <laughs> You and Like I go, I, I, I smile a little bit, like damn. But I was mad. I'm like, I'm be, be real. I'm gonna get rolled. They got wrong, yeah. I'm wrong So I'm like, fuck y'all, man. I just started talking a bunch of shit. Then I was like, man, fuck this fat Puerto Rican bitch right here. <laughs> and they went, oh, I'm like, oh, so oh well, you no. me I can't. Y'all can tell me, fuck, man. I can't say fuck you. Fuck you. So. Oh. And then the the Puerto Rican lady goes, "Boo, nigga! Tomatoes, nigga! Tomatoes, nigga! Tomatoes, nigga!"
0: (laughs) Wow, it it turned into a battle, huh?
2: (laughs) I'm like, you making me a sandwich, you fat bitch? Fuck you, like.
0: (laughs) Yo, you you ever see like those videos of Bill Burr when he comes at crowds that are like destroying him? Uh (laughs) That's like you, bro.
2: Yeah, i mean i really do it and sometimes i don't know comedians are people so you might catch me on an off day yeah so, like you catch me on an off day and you're kind of bugging me because i've told other comedians that open mics like yo you're not funny stop talking to me you know like they're trying <laughs> to do proud work and they probably won't do comedy again like yeah, comedy kind of like it, it, it does get you a little jaded because you just see a lot of bullshit. You're like oh i ain't got time for this right. <laughs> see a lot of weirdos, you see that people don't have no social skills, don't know how to talk to people. So after a while of trying to ignore you're going to say something like, yo, man, you're stupid, get the fuck out of here, you know? It just builds up over time.
0: Yo, man. While we get to that, you know, working with other comedians, as you said, you, uh, where it's open mics or, you know, wherever you've dealt with various comedians, as you said, some are. I'm sure Some are awesome to be around. And as you said, some are socially awkward and, and then some, as you mentioned, just suck. And, uh, but you know, despite all that, do you feel there's like a nice uh, comedy community, like it's special together. Like that's what I hear at least from like my comedy podcast. Do you feel that there's some semblance there or something in your personal experience?
2: Yeah, cause I met a couple comedians that like they're some of like my best friends now. You know, I've only been yeah. knowing them like three years. You know, and then some like I don't really like them too much. Like, almost fought one comedian before, but that was after like he's one of those, he's like very um like PC. You know, mm. he used to run an open mic in New. I'm not even gonna say it. Hey, he's fucking. He can't beat me up, but um, he used to run an open mic in New Haven.
1: Oh yeah, and
2: he's white, kind of like Rick Rick Moranis, and he's kind of like. Well, these jokes, these comedians are to say, I have no... I don't agree with the, what they're saying. <laughs> can I be offensive? Like, he actually, like, pre warn people, and we're like, bro, it's open mic. Like, Yeah. I guess you can say some people are going to say some stupid shit, but it's just all practice. That's all he got to say, but... I don't know, I would do jokes. Because my humor's a little edgy, and he would keep saying things like, you know, I do jokes about Hitler, I do jokes about whatever, and people would laugh... And he would, if he go up after me, he would say something like, whoa, well, Cliff, I swear to talk about the Jews, I guess you can just say anything. Like, yo, bro, I'm not like a Jewish, but the context is not, it's funny. I'm not like you. Yeah,
0: a you're doing a bit. Not a, that's not your personal feelings, you're doing a bit.
2: Yeah, hey, like, it's like if you do a racist bit about, like, I don't know, Southerners, you might, you might say some shit that they don't like black people. It's true. Like, they mm-hmm. don't, you know? Well, um, he kept saying things, and um, I did this one joke, and at the end of the joke, I went, yes, <laughs> saying, saying that, I, that I'm gay, right? And mm-hmm. he gets up, and like, that's homophobic. Oh. So, like, it's been six months of him just keep coming at me and coming at me. And I don't say nothing. I was like, I mean, fuck you, yo. And fuck you. So I kind of walk out because I'm mad. I want to beat him up. Right. But then I hear him call my name So I'm like, he talking shit again So like, I saw Red, I was like Yo, I'm gonna go beat this dude up <laughs> but he ended, I ended up just winning a hoodie and a raffle So I'm like, alright, cool
0: <laughs> i take that gonna it's, it's like, you know, you've seen I'm sure you've seen the Joe Rogan and Carl's Mancia beef He just hops on stage for calling him out for joke stealing Man, that's so I guess that's some of that beef And then you saw them arguing on the street Stuff, like Man, I guess uh, sometimes it does get tense out there.
2: Oh yeah, because like people forget, like comedians are human, bro. Like I'm, I'm a pretty calm dude, but like if someone's like keep coming at me and like you know keep talking shit, it's like, bro, like what you want to do? Like I don't want to yeah. seem like I'm an angry guy, but it's like it kind of disrespected me. <laughs>
0: right. It's, it's <laughs> just just jokes. It's I mean whether you're doing comedy or just being funny in your everyday life, like it's just like. I just don't get the patience that people don't have. Yeah, I really don't.
2: Yeah, but like most of these people, like now I'm starting to know, like they don't even last that long. Like they'll do it and then they'll just stop. Most of them do it as like a hobby. You know, it's like hobbyists. Mm-hmm. Then they do comedy in the Connecticut area and that's it. They talk about 84 and, you know, topical jokes like that. <laughs> WFSB and all about- you know, that J- shit.
0: Dutchess and stuff like that.
2: Fuck the like you know, bullshit like that. Yo, man, like, how, how
0: is the 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 comedy scene in Connecticut in general, specifically? Like you say, you talked, they talked about, you know, Connecticut references and stuff. And, um, have you been able to perform, you know, as, once this this pandemic started in Connecticut? Like, have you been performing anywhere else besides your, your home state since uh, this has been going on and stuff?
2: I've been in New York like once, maybe a month and a half ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I went out there and I bombed. And then uh, I don't know some shitty open mic on up, Lower East Side. I mean, I mean, I I have been kind of lazy with the comedy. Like I, I just like you know, no, I need stay out in Connecticut because I'm just kind of broke. I'm still working a job. I'm...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: This past summer, I ain't really been doing shit. I've been spending the stimulus checks on bullshit. <laughs> And just all, it. <laughs>
0: just wait. Are you just waiting for like this? You know, <laughs> hey man, is always still grinding, getting material one way or the other. But um, are you waiting?
2: I definitely, I definitely wrote some jokes down, but it's with comedy you got to do it like, especially if you're in New York, you could do it two or three times, you know, a night. Now I'm just like maybe once a week. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm focusing more on like you know putting out content. I got a TikTok now and shit like that and. I'm oh. trying to focus more on that because I'm kind of more comfortable on stage now. I got more some material, so yeah, I'm trying to build my fan base bigger. You
0: know, before we get into that content creation, like, are you waiting for you know this pandemic to end, more people get vaccinated, and then they could say, "Be free now, do what you want." Do you do you do you expect to be back on stage after that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I still perform. I perform at this place called the Elbow Room in West Hartford. Yeah. But um now we're performing at some place called the Shish Kebab House. It's like right around the corners in Blueback Square. Shout oh out to Paul Gregory, he's a good dude. But um yeah, he has shows now, now it's been the past two weeks, he's been having shows on Fridays and Saturdays. Oh it's kinda of good to get out the house and you know, stop being home and your thoughts all day.
0: <laughs> Bro, we, I ain't uh, meant to that. I think people underestimate. It. You can only be home for a soul off with your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I I don't like it.
0: You know, that's why I said, you know, the only political thing, actually, no, I won't even touch it, but I was just saying, like, sometimes your biggest punishment is just being alone with your thoughts. That's all I'll say with that. And,
2: um... being a comedian, though. Very introverted. Very, you're home by yourself, or if you're in a car by yourself, driving like an hour, you're just thinking of shit, and that's when you can come up with some brilliant shit, you know? You're home, you're emotional, you're... (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. To get some crazy shit And you're like You know what I'm, I'm gonna put this into a bed <laughs> A lot of part of comedy Is pain Pain is funny
0: Yeah Kevin Hart's One of his specials Is called Laugh at my pain <laughs>
2: Yeah That's, that's funny And when you look at <laughs> it That's not funny That's fucked up But No this uh,
0: That's what happens That's it how we People
2: don't laugh at you more If you're only a shooter
0: Yeah it, it, may, it feels it makes More audiences comfortable If you just Self You know Make fun of yourself
2: Man,
0: he, he's laughing at himself. I'll laugh at him.
2: People can relate to that. Being poor is always going to be funnier than being rich.
0: <laughs> yeah, what what rich stories can you really tell that are funny?
2: Hopping on a okay. jail, what's funny? Hopping in a jail, hopping on a bus with bums.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, can I just ask what what is it like to perform in New York on the times you had?
2: Great. Hey, it's a little overrated, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But I get it. It's the mecca of comedy. because so much people and you know, Bill Burr lived there, and Dave Chappelle, Mike Epps, all these people. Yep, I get it. I love performing it. I love performing out of state anywhere I go. But sometimes it's kind of a little overrated because it's like there's a lot of politics behind that. Right. So like, but part of in comedy, being funny is like the tenth thing you need to be. <laughs> really? Why is that? <laughs> sometimes it's all about being likable you know being marketable like you know like if you're like a good looking guy you're kind of charismatic but your jokes are like average you can go farther than like some like ugly average you know louis ck looking dude louis ck is funny don't get me wrong but he's Mm -hmm. not like a heartthrob or nothing
1: right
2: you just get by quicker than that you know Mm -hmm. or you just know somebody or sometimes you just get lucky yeah, Sometimes I see some of these people on Instagram. Like, I don't find them that funny. Like, how how did you blow up? This is like caca. Mm-hmm. But
0: they just got the right. They just hit the right note, huh?
2: Yeah, people like them. It's all. It's all luck. It's all love, man. It's all this shit's love.
0: Solid. That's pretty solid. Pretty solid. And uh we all know the great Cliff Moolah is going to be in that company once that time's ready too. So, not. Okay. I'm not trying to kick your ass or anything. Like, I genuinely like your your bits and. um what you have like your subway bit from new york for instance was a uh, hilarious the one where you were you know you dressed up do you the one in new york city probably like a year ago or around that
2: subway i don't remember
0: um where's my phone did Did you do know what like it was it was like during the pandemic like early on and something oh,
2: oh oh the video with um my boy
0: yeah you like were yeah, just right in the middle of the subway. I was just like, this dude's a savage. And this was like right around pandemic time. I was like, man, this guy's going to die for his art. Or if he, he doesn't care that.
2: <laughs> I don't believe in COVID, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, and, and then you know, like, what were just some of the other states you've performed out of? You mentioned Massachusetts, uh, looking at uh, other places you've had.
2: Um, Rhode Island. I've been to Cali once. Pretty much just um I haven't really been too many places. I've maybe maybe like six or seven states. Cool. Been to Rhode Island, Connecticut, obviously, New York, Cali, Mass. Am I missing something else? I don't remember. That's probably like five states.
0: Cool, cool. And uh definitely I'm glad to see uh, I'm excited to see what the next states you're gonna go to. Um and you know, there was one time you performed at the comedy club in Norwalk. You told me, but I genuinely was with my grandma that day. I really wanted to see, but I think the club club closed. I can't think of the name. It was the paint book,
2: Art House.
0: Art House, yeah.
2: Great room. I I, missed that room.
0: I don't know. I think they might have been closed out for the pandemic, but you know, someone's gonna slide in there.
2: I mean, they, I mean, but those guys, they still run shows. Shout out to like Cody Marino, Cody Marino, and Bo McDowell. They're running that. I'll show them from Noah. (laughs) <laughs> they're like running this thing now. I forgot where they're running it But it's somewhere in Norwalk I can't
0: remember where I'm, I want to Dude, please let me know when, If you find out Because obviously that's my That's where I'm living at the moment So I'm definitely trying to slide in I miss comedy um, You want know, to know one thing I <clears throat> You know where I interviewed once for a job? At Caroline's Doing what? for caroline's assistant she asked for she needed a new assistant oh that's an actual person yeah caroline i can't think of her name shit uh and i interviewed her i'll I'll tell you the story real quick. let me just get um let me just what's her last name um caroline hirsch i i interviewed her i interviewed to be her assistant and it was like right this was maybe two weeks before the pandemic, two, three weeks before the pandemic. And it was like a random, like Wednesday afternoon at noon. I, I went, I went in, I went across the street. I sued the comedy club to myself. Um, She told me like come at like 11 and she didn't come like for 15 minutes. So I'm sitting at the comedy club, empty, empty. The only person was like the work person working the box office and I was just chilling there, you know, seeing all the great comedians on the walls. like, wow, this is, a, this is a pretty legit place. And, you know, I just see her coming through. And, I, and, you know, you felt this presence. Man, this person's created so many opportunities. And we talked for a good, like, half an hour. And it, and it re- went really well. She had a lot of nice things to say about my experience at the time. And, and she said she really liked talking to me. But I guess not enough because I didn't get the job. But, um, hey, it was a cool opportunity for what it was. And I was glad she considered me. And uh, maybe another time I could slide in and get you some and we can uh I don't know. where you get you some do, you time. Be a comic? do I wanna be a comic? <laughs> I do like comedy a lot and I like writing. I have I have considered doing stand up in the past, yes. Um, you know, to, in terms of writing a, a, a you know, writing an act, I could use some help. But, you know, it's it's in the back of my mind, you know, you never know. I, I'll s I will will say that.
2: You might as well try it, man. That could be another
0: skill you can do. It's all about different hustles. Oh yeah, I mean, I genuinely love talking to people. I don't really have stage. For, I mean, I'm sure it's different once you're actually up there, but you know, it, um, at least for at this moment, I I, I can't say because I haven't tried it yet. It's probably a different a different beat, um, a different vibe. But I do like talking to people. You know, I do this podcast all the time. I've done this podcast for a few months, so I'm used to talking about different things. I think I'm funny. I, I I like to put myself out there with random stuff. Uh you're right. Never say never. You you never know, Cliff. You never know. Hey, you me. Try. If they don't like
2: your jokes, walk off stage. <laughs> I appreciate it. Like yeah. you <laughs> and you know, if walk people off.
0: and if people hate me and push me away, you know, I don't really care. One time I said to my dad, uh one time I said to my dad, Yo, Dad, I'm thinking pretty down might be I um I was saying I was like sad about something. And it's like, man, I don't, I'm not just, I'm not really feeling it, whatever. My dad said, you're being delusional. I thought he'd be like, oh, it's going to be okay, son. Push around. He's like, oh, you're being delusional. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) My dad says that. Who really cares what another person hates my jokes, right? And you know, it, not try to be a downer or anything. My dad said that he's just being, you know, he's just, you know, you're being your dad and say whatever. And I didn't take it personally. It was just, I just found that really funny. Cause you know, in a, in our crazy world, some people like drop down and like figure out every way to make this person happy. But no, he's like, stop being a bitch almost. And I was like, all right, you're right.
2: <laughs> yeah. I had a friend like that once. Um, he, I don't know. He had like a messy breakup with his ex.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So like, you know, she, she was doing a typical woman thing like, oh, let me just, well, I ain't call you in a while, so let me call you so I could I be in your brain and you could miss me, boosting up her ego. <laughs> <laughs> I should not what the what chance i get. But um, <laughs> anyway, he's driving, I'm in the passenger seat, he's like, oh, bro, what am I doing? My ex is calling me right now. I'm like, yo, just look at your phone, put it right back in your pocket. <laughs> 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 and he said it last. but it's, like, it's not that simple. But I'm like, yes, it is. I just told you. Look at
0: your phone. It really is. If
2: you don't want to talk to her. Don't talk to her. That's
0: it. Right, and just don't be afraid to be different. And like I'm sure you, you, you have that too. Like you're very comfortable in your own skin, and I think I, I assume that's probably a huge step when when to do comedy and stuff so i really don't care if people make fun of me i've had i've i've admitted so many embarrassing stories on this podcast that like no one would expect or hear like like imagine I t- i've said this before just a short story I, you know i was in theta chi at u heart i really wanted to take this girl to formal and i like put a strong effort i i wouldn't do this now but you know i made like this video like I didn't make it viral or anything. Like it was like here, like if you want to go, you want to go. But it took like two weeks to make and trying all this stuff. And you know she couldn't make it. You know whatever her reason was, true one or not. um, If she just (laughs) maybe probably just as I was I was texting her while she's you know hooking up with someone next with the phone on. (laughs) Maybe it could be a situation like that. But for whatever reason, she didn't go. And so you know Sam Anchari, our board mutual friend. He hooks me up with, he uh, sets me up with this nice girl who just fucks someone else in formal. So think about it. I do all this effort to get a nice formal date only to get somebody else to, you know, hook up with someone else. Oh, Sam. You know, ladies love Sam. I'll tell you that. Ladies love Sam. But, um, oh, well, it's just like, like little tidbits like that so people could find that. Like one person thought that was traumatic for me. it is not traumatic compared to what actual trauma is. It's it's hilarious. It is hilarious looking back
2: and, Yeah, I mean don't get me wrong. I, I feel bad when I get rejected, but after a while I just sit there and be like, It's done. Yeah. <laughs> Once like, I let go, I go. And then bring it back.
0: And then you know, someday we'll just find somebody who appreciates who we are. So why why get hung up on it, you know?
2: Mm. Oh yeah. I definitely told girls like, yo, I don't want to talk to you no more, you're wasting my time. Leave my number. <laughs> to leave Have my nice number. But <laughs> you're not free. right.
0: Yeah, he's. I want to babble. It's it's it's. Sometimes you're just not on the same vibe as other people, and nothing wrong with that. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. like we're all users, we all want people for our own special games. So why let a woman come in my life, babble me about other guys she's fucking when I want to fuck, but I can't. That's all I want I don't like you as a person Don't find it interesting Leave <laughs> <laughs> Find somebody else to babble to I well, hear why you Why would I waste my time
0: Exactly So Why waste your time And be afraid It's, it's going to be alright Yo So one thing you mentioned Cliff And One thing I've seen Of you doing often Is you do Your own content creation you, As you mentioned Do TikTok Instagram videos YouTube Excuse me all that so talk to me about that so you mentioned you since you're now more comfortable on stage you want to show your comedy in another level talk to me about the uh, little clips and content creation and videos you make
2: like what about it like how do I come up with it yeah like um,
0: how do you come up with it what's um, you know little bits you doing short films what um what do you do to uh, create some awesome videos for us all to enjoy
2: always in my own head like sometimes it just like i did the video with the subway thing and my boy um, <laughs> i was drunk editing in a video and when i get drunk and edit videos i kind of like procrastinate a lot because like ah let's say I, I can edit stuff for four hours it would take me eight because like that four hours i'm probably listening to music and stuff mm-hmm. so i went to the song sailing by that was just the song that's playing in the video And that's my my, my KT. KT's like one of my best friends. And he loves that song. And I love that song, too. And I love him. So I'm like, damn, this song reminds me of him. And then, I don't know, my mind just went places like, all right, what's some, like, funny shit that I can just do, you know? (laughs) And I just, I don't know, I just edit it in my head a lot. And then when I feel comfortable, I just do it. And then sometimes I just go with the flow. Like, I have an idea, but I don't know where I want to go. But I'm like, just try it, you know?
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, and uh, some of the stuff's hilarious. As I mentioned, the subway bed and like anytime you. Uh, one time I saw you cross dressing, which was hilarious, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the way you were going about that. It's uh, it's interesting. Like you create these cool characters. Are you um cooking up anything for the near future that's coming out?
2: I'm just trying to put out more content. i got some ideas I want to do for like YouTube, but. Right now, I'm just trying to get get things more situated financially because I'm broke. Mm, mm. And I got to move out of my parents' house. <laughs> mm. I need more camera equipment. I need more shit. I'm seeing people with other more shit. I'm like, I need to kind of like... I mean, i got to be patient, but I got to like... There's a lot of other, other things that people are doing, you know? Definitely, definitely. I got to keep up with the times.
0: What do you think is your best work you've put out there? What's your... mo And... uh What's your proudest video or a few videos you've done so far, and where can we find them on YouTube?
2: Uh, mostly I'm on my Instagram.
0: Instagram like and those,
2: like those kids, like the one with um, you know, on the subway. That that video, that's I like that more, the one the most because it's more um sentimental to me because I did it with like my best friend and his wife. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't really like I like it for like a week but then I'm like what's new you know I'm like, on oh, yeah. the next one but every now and then I sit back and be like oh shit I really realized it when like I'm at a gas station I'm at you know I don't know I'm getting a grinder somewhere and some random ass nigga from the I knew from the hood or like some white dude I know is like oh you're funny like that really brightened my day I'm like damn Sometimes I brought to my day. <laughs>
0: that's, that's cool. Dude. That's awesome that. to hear.
2: My little work boots or whatever, and I'm just feeling like a bum. Like, damn. That's the one thing about comedy, though. Like, it's humbling. Like, because you could, like, be killing it on Friday, Saturday, get a girl number, all this shit. You feel like mm-hmm. the man. But then Monday come, you go back to work. You being yelled at. You doing some bullshit. You don't want to <laughs> beat it. And I got to do this, like, 150 million more times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But then when you well, hit you. Like damn. But hey, what you hit, you hit. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> and you can find Cliff's great work on Instagram at Cliff One word. Together. One word. Yo, Cliff, talk to me about some of your biggest influences. Who are you, you mentioned you really started to get into comedy through B E T. Like who are some of your favorite comedians uh, who inspire you to do comedy?
2: like Dave Chappelle and like mm-hmm. Bill Burr, Patrice O'Neal uh, and, uh, P. a lot. R.I.P. Definitely R.I.P. Patrice O'Neal. Definitely, definitely Patrice O'Neal. I see him standing up and I'm like, that's kind of like me, like laid back and just honest.
0: He doesn't give a – he didn't give a fuck way back when. You ever hear that story about him jerking off in Kevin Hart's room? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, bouncing around. Oh, man. Yeah, I love – um. I like I said, huge stand up. I mean, I love Eddie Murphy. Um, I actually watched Delirious for the first time last week. It was great. It just there's some stuff that didn't age wrong. well. Yeah, raw is better, but still, I mean, talk about um, holding nothing back. And I just love when he walked off stage. He was like, "All right, which club are we going to?"
2: He had it.
0: Yeah, ba- imagine being Eddie Murphy in the '80s, man. I mean, he's, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. He uh, saved Saturday Night Live Coming to America Trading places 48 hours Hits after hits Obviously raw and delirious And E-Murphy's probably my favorite I also really like
2: E-Murphy raw That definitely gave me the idea To start standing up When I was like 15 <laughs> I remember watching it With my brother And we were like die. It was on um, What's that shit called oh, Comedy Central Uncut or whatever
0: Oh, they just gonna cut it now. That's where you at?
2: Yeah, we saw it like one or two in the morning. It was like in like I think it was during like Christmas time. <laughs> I was la- It's still my favorite special of all time. Like it's, it still makes me laugh. As
0: as as you, it's my favorite of all time. As you see, like um, clearly have a lot of memorabilia on the wall, and stuff. But next to me is Eddie Murphy from Raw, right here.
2: That's beast.
0: The classic. Uh, his classic um wardrobe in that but other ones i really like like you said bill burr's great burt kreischer whitney cummings annie letterman um off the top of my head that's sort of like i like joe rogan's stand-up um you know i went to uh the comedy store once in la when I, i went to la like last october not october 2019 and jesus trejo Open for open for the special guest and you know it was Damon Wayans and he went in, brought him out there, uh, Damon Wayans senior, and uh, that was that was that was a treat. Was he good? He was. He was out point. I guess he was just working on new material, and then he just he also went at the crowd. and He said, "Man, I don't want to really do material like like thirty minutes." And I guess he did forty five minutes or something. And he just was clucking people off, roasting.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll, be I'll be fine i went to the comedy store too really who'd you see i was in the um the small room i can't remember the name
0: yeah they have like the the, the original room the main room I didn't even and
2: like, shit like that it was called cool. it was a very small room it was like twenty people in i saw them to do some ESPN in there it' was like <laughs> the i mean, i saw or something like that okay yeah I, I but um i saw a couple of comics they're kind of like I think one of them tickets was on um guy code Esther Q. Cool, some Asian bro. I
0: think I think I know who you're talking about.
2: Yeah, but I seen some other dude, and he, he was his name is Derek Gaines. He opens up for um Pete Davidson. He was in Pete Davidson's movie too. <laughs>
0: Oh no way! I love hey. Pete Davis. He's another one comedian I like. Yo, you think you? Do you think you could see yourself doing a Monday? I know they do open mics on Mondays at the comedy store. Like, do you feel those big places?
2: Oh yeah, L.A. is where I went to get my confidence. Honestly. Oh no
0: way! Where did you perform in L.A.?
2: Um, I performed in um, Burbank. I did a lot of open mics. I did the um, and flappers. I did the improv. No way. Yeah, these are all open mics though. This was like almost three years ago, and I did um.
0: Hey, it still counts. It still counts. Not everyone could say they performed at the improv, so okay, shout yeah, to you that's, for
2: that. That's, that's, I just got a high like regard, you know. But, yeah. um Shit, I performed somewhere in um. It was, it was a weed shop. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, it's just so funny. I'm talking about a weed shop, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was an and I, and I, I think I was called I <laughs> was probably the highlight of Cause like at that point I let some like So I let some fat Jewish girl get in my head Cause like my At that point my act was very raw and dirty mm. I, got away, I got away with things Cause I was kind of likable right? But um She was just like Would talk shit about me behind my back. Who got into like a little argument But I ended up learning from her too But she should have learned from me Cause she wasn't funny at all <laughs> But um so like, I'm thinking, like, damn, am I funny? And at that point, too, I did um this thing called Comics Watching Comics, and I bombed. Horrible. I, like, I did horrible. I had a horrible audition or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did horrible. So I'm just kind of in my head, you know? It was like, and then so two weeks later, I go to Cali. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not bombing. <laughs> I'm going to Cali and bomb. So it kind of gave me that more, like, energy that, like,
0: Fuck this Man shall sell LA For that then bro Good, good
2: shit Yeah And I thought I was like You know what I'm just in my own head Fuck this. And she doesn't even Do comedy anymore That's the thing about
0: it <laughs> See You still You made it And she She's Wherever
2: Yeah cause she would Get to arguments With like grown men And grown women About what you should do About comedy And she was like Maybe 23 24 is that? Why are you telling A whole bunch of Grown men how, And grown women How to act We're like 30 You know Some of them Was like 35 40 Or arguing with them
0: <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah,
2: so
0: it it does really seem like comedy is a place where you really have to earn respect and she's uh not not doing that.
2: Yeah, she doesn't do comedy anymore. And the one, I always tell the story, but the one thing is like, Oh, Cliff's dirty, he doesn't respect women, I'm a feminist. Which is all true. I am dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I tell dirty stories. Whatever you, you don't have to like it, but it's, uh
0: we've got a good repertoire here, and I really appreciate you coming on and everything. And What's you know, you man, ser- seriously, bro, you could come on anytime you want. Especially if you got some tour dates coming up, I'd love to promote. I usually end this podcast with these last ten questions. They're called the press questionnaire. All right. And, and why don't we? Uh, why don't we get into that, and then uh, we'll say goodbye. So. My first question for you, Cliff Mula. What is your favorite word? <laughs> I got a couple. My my second question, yo. So for this in the questionnaire, what is your least favorite word?
2: Least favorite word? Oh, I don't know. I don't really. I I don't I don't have one.
0: You don't have a least favorite word. Okay. Okay. My next question for you, Cliff. And this is not a sexual question. This is more of a life. I mean, it could be sexual if you, if you want it to be, but it's more of a life question. What turns you on in this world?
2: Uh, what turns me on? I would say you got to, like, teach me something. You got to, like, be interesting and kind of... um like knowledge you know you gotta be knowledgeable you gotta know a lot of things
0: yeah I like that I like that what turns you off in this world
2: I hate like laziness not laziness, laziness and I hate people without um like cognitive dissonance you know oh. they just can't like think of something and like oh where this guy's coming from like closed mindedness type of things I hate I hate stuff like that
0: I hear that I hear that my next question What sound or noise do you love?
2: People laughing
0: I love it What sound or noise do you hate? Um,
2: people chew with their mouth open
0: They fucking meant to that I know people who do that And it gives me a headache Number seven, what is your favorite curse word?
2: <laughs> That's pretty much just said that. Maybe um, fuck.
0: Fuck. <laughs> it's funny how "fuck" is used nowadays. Number eight, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
2: like to attempt. Uh, I like to be like. I like to be like a filmmaker, like a director, producer. Yeah, hey, I love that. I love that. I would like to be uh, maybe produce records too, make beats.
0: All right, it's never too late. It's never too late. What profession would you not like to do?
2: The nine to five, man. <laughs> Excuse me. A job, period. Like working at like Dairy Queen or something. Or any service job. Uh.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I would never work at McDonald's. Love well, that.
0: <laughs> hear that, hear that. My last question for you before we have some final words, Cliff. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates?
2: Oh, shit, what up, nigga? You trying to get high? <laughs> <laughs> what up, man? You trying to roll up? <laughs> That
0: is one of my favorite answers <laughs> to that question. <laughs>
2: I want to talk to me like I want to talk to other people. Like, whatever. I got a blunt right here, man. What you trying to do?
0: You want to try heaven weed? I
2: <laughs> want <laughs> drink and a, and a beer. <laughs> what I mean, a, a blunt and a beer.
0: Good times, man. Good times. But, yo, Cliff, dude, this was great. I really enjoyed it a lot. You have anything else to say before we uh, bounce out?
2: You want to say hello to my dog?
0: All right. Hello to your dog. Yes,
2: I nah, do. I my dog's right here.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Come here. What's your dog's name?
2: Name is Kodak.
0: Kodak. <laughs> That's an awesome name. <laughs> That's an awesome name.
2: Come on, get up. <laughs> you don't want to get up. Come on. <laughs> Come well, I'll show you how to do it.
0: Hey, hello. <laughs> hey Kodak. Oh, he's chilling. Oh, he's beautiful. <laughs> he's tired. He's tired, huh? Oh, there he is. Hey, yeah, what's I up, know. Kodak? Oh.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's pretty. He's a pretty dog.
2: Oh, thanks.
0: But, yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's been great, Cliff. Again, would love to have you come on again. I, I really do. I loved this whole time, man. I loved it. And especially when you start touring again, please let me know the dates. And uh, you can come on. We can promote it. And uh, it'll be a great time for sure.
2: Hell, yeah. I'll let you know. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, it, trust me. It was my pleasure, man. Thank you so much for your uh, – thank you so much for being yourself. I really appreciate that and a guest a lot and have a lot of laughs. I know a lot of people are going to enjoy All right, man, enjoy your day. Appreciate it. You can check out and if you want to check out any of Cliff's material, any of his content, go to Instagram at Cliff Moolah, one word, C I L F F M U L A. Cliff Moolah on Instagram. But all right. Thank you so much, Cliff. What a great time that was. Cliff Moolah, hilarious, good vibes, awesome stories. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Seriously, thank let's switch gears. Yesterday was one of my favorite days of the year. It is what's known as Championship Sunday in the National Football League. We had the two conference championships decided, and the winner of those two games are matching up to play in the Super Bowl, which is a week from Sunday. Super Bowl 55 in Tampa Bay, Florida. We had Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs trying to clinch their second straight AFC championship and trying to repeat as Super Bowl champions. They went up against the Buffalo Bills, and Josh Allen are trying to get to their first Super Bowl since 1993 and make it for the loyal Bills Mafia fan base. What an AFC Championship matchup that was. For the NFC, we arguably had two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it in this generation. Seriously, those two were literally named last decade's Best two quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers going up against terrific Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a matchup of two living legends. And it's been a very long time since both franchises made the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay hasn't been there since they won it in 2002 over the Raiders. And the Packers haven't been in it in 10 years when they defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, big games, intense football exactly what I think people wanted in their conference championship games. So let's break it down right now. Let's start with the AFC Championship, the Bills and the Chiefs. Let me just set the mood really quick. Oh, I feel some type of way when I hear that and all the classic NFL highlight music. Anyways, AFC Championship. Bills versus the Chiefs. I originally picked that the Buffalo Bills had the better defense going into this game, and I think that even the stellar offense that I gave credit to with the Kansas City Chiefs, that even though they are amazing on offense, I think the Bills can stop them. I was completely wrong. And quite an offensive juggernaut. At what first seemed like it could be competitive, then as the game went on, well, Andy Reid shows why he is an offensive genius as a head coach, why Eric Bieniemy is the best person running offensive plays around the football National Football League. It show why Patrick Mahomes really might very well be a legend in the making if he keeps playing on this level for a few more years. He, he could be considered one of the best. As, well, if he could, as long as he's stacking rings and winning conference championships, like winning his second one in a row this year, In only, what, four seasons? Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is on his way to greatness, and he showed why today with a stellar, stellar performance. 325 yards for three touchdowns, 29 for 38, and with the amazing weapons that Patrick Mahomes has, and he never misses a beat with them, whether with Tyreek Hill, who's the fastest person in the NFL. I don't know, maybe one of the fastest people in the world. Somehow gets open, and he made the stellar secondary defense that I gave the Bills credit for having made them all look like chumps. Then you have Travis Kelsey tonight, showing why he's a Hall of Fame tight end. I mean, where do I go with that? With him, 13 receptions, 118 yards, two touchdowns, and then you have so you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, I think, being the t- first two offensive teammates to both have 100 yards in the same game. And please, don't don't discredit his other weapons. Pringle is good when you need him. Darrell Williams, I mean, better on the rushing game today, but he stepped up in a big way. Mikhail Coleman, after first making a... What seemed to have been already a fatal muff, leading to a huge touchdown for the Bills at the beginning of the game, muffing the punt, and then that wound up them being able to recover the ball just before it hit the end zone, and he stepped up, shook it off, and my man got a uh, touchdown himself in a reception, thanks to Pat Patty Mahomes, but. Patrick Mahomes, made, as I said, made that defense look silly, often out of the pocket, swerving out of tackles. Mahomes has only sacked once, only one turnover on the game, and that was on special teams. This offense is a force to be reckoned with. And, again, this offensive line gave so many opportunities to Patty. And, wow, unbelievable game from the, from the Chiefs offensively. Then we had the Bills, who did start off hot, I thought Josh Allen would be having a stellar game himself. I really did, but I was wrong in my prediction. You know, 287 yards, two touchdowns with an interception. He did have 88 yards on his feet, but that was the most rushing yards from the quarterback. With an ineffective running game from no help from Singletary or TJ Yeldon, and then you have your quarterback doing most of the heavy running, well... It's not going to help you in this game. Passing, you know, the passing just became predictable and uh, so many stops from the C defense. And after everything that took place, are you surprised how the outcome turned out? I mean, again, I thought the Bills would pull this off, but Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs proved me wrong and they're why they're one of the best offensive teams we'll ever see ever. And I'm in this mini little dynasty of three straight conference championships and now two Super Bowl appearances in a row. I mean, as long as you keep this team and have an Eric B. Enemy run that offense, and with the legend Andy Reid making the big decisions, why change anything? Is it predictable at this point? Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are one of the best damn NFL teams. They're possibly on their way to a dynasty the way they're playing absolutely huge hats off to them you're in the win thanks to just incredible having incredible weapons finding people open moving the ball at any time and then also making opportunities in the red zone the Chiefs were in the red zone five times and they scored five touchdowns enough said Kansas City Chiefs have won the AFC for the second straight season congratulations to Chiefs Nation especially you Jake Campbell happy for your team again. Now let's get to the NFC. Now this was a lot of fun to watch in various different ways. Was this NFC championship a battle between two living legends, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers going up against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Was this a classic? Not necessarily, no. Was it fun to watch and entertaining for all various reasons, from highs and lows of emotion, to intense plays, to big shocks and all. Yes, it was. It was a good time and a good watch. So where do I begin? Football is a game of momentum. Any football fan and anyone involved in the game of football on a player, Coaching, personnel, and executive level—they would agree that momentum is probably one of the major factors, if not the factor, in deciding how a game is played throughout. And having said that, momentum surely switched often in this game at Lambeau Field this afternoon. And while I watched with my family, I, I was just—I was just freaking and floored and entertained the whole way where do we begin? Again, I predicted the Green Bay Packers to win, and I missed out. I did not pick the right winner. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Packers 31-26 in quite a game of highs and lows. And you know what? Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play. He is now in his 10th Super Bowl, and he deserves it. His first Super Bowl in the NFC. His third Super Bowl since turning 40 years old. And what what else can I say? If you don't think Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, you're just straight up ignorant. No matter who are his weapons, no matter who's playing the wide receiver, no matter who's playing the tight end, no matter who is on the offensive line, no matter who's his running back, he knows how to win. And he knew how to win today. Thanks to incredible games and performances on the offensive side. Specifically, we can shout out to Charles Godwin, who has been his ultimate weapon. Mike Evans with the stellar Game. I mean, big surprising plays from Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson and even the great Gronk. He had a, contrib- big, a huge play deep in the fourth quarter to help spread out the lead, which would lead to an important field goal for the Bucks. Tom Brady just knows how to win, and he it sincerely proved it today. I mean, what are the big takeaways we can discuss? When it comes to the two quarterbacks, both of them played a hell of a game. The reason why the Packers came up short was because of terrible coaching and bad play calling, which we will get to, into shortly. But yes, back to the quarterbacks. Though both did turn over the ball. Brady actually had three interceptions. But, again, both played well in a general standpoint. Especially Aaron Rodgers with his weapons. But, you know, when the Packers have... When you see Aaron Jones make a humongous fumble to start the second half. Which would lead to... The Bucks reclaiming the ball in the Packers side of the field, in field goal range, which would then lead to another touchdown. And at that point it was an eleven point it was an eleven point difference turned to an 18-point difference. What do you expect? When you had Devontae Adams, who many people said that this was his season where he was the very best wide receiver in the game, there was a couple of times where he made huge drops. He dropped one in the end zone. You're not going to win. Aaron Rodgers is doing everything he can, getting in positions, having the open man, except two examples. There was a point at the end of the game in the second half where Lazard was open in the end zone, completely missed it. And then we could talk about on the very last drive when he threw to Devontae Adams, that was a drop before the, field, the final field goal of the game, when it seems that there was plenty of room for him to run in the end zone. I know those two mistakes are deadly and probably why we're talking about him losing this game. But all in all, I think Rodgers did play a a stellar game, MVP numbers, but the ball does not fall your way, and that really was a result of the Packers losing today. But I think, again, the main reason why the Green Bay Packers lost was because of the awful play calling and the terrible coaching. And we'll talk about the two fatal examples, which include one, at the very end of the first half, when about to have change of possessions. Punting team cuts out gets get um the punting team comes out. This is right before this is about under 30 seconds in the first half. They rethink it. They said, Alright, we're gonna go for it with Tom Brady. Now they're just about in field goal range, but the Punting team was out, I believe. If I'm wrong, sorry. But I'm pretty sure the Punting Team was going out. And then they decide to go man-to-man defense. And then you have... This guy named Kevin King... Who was starting cornerback for the... For the Packers today, number 20. He'll probably be... Going way away from Green Bay, Wisconsin... After he gets off of that plot... Of... Off his flight tonight. Because he had some terrible mistakes that... No Packer Packer fan is going to forget. And again... Instead of playing zone, play man to man. Gets beat by Scotty Miller. Brady finds the open receiver. Touchdown. At what one point was a one possession 14 to 10 lead? It now changed to a 21 to 10 lead. So cringy for Matt Lafleur and his Packers. Then obviously we could talk about the big question mark. You are down 31-23, to 23, 8 points, an 8-point difference, 1 possession. You need a touchdown and a 2-point conversion. You have arguably, he may not be the GOAT, but the top 10 players to ever play the quarterback position, definitely the most athletically talented in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, obviously, Aaron Jones was out, so limited options to run the ball, even though Jamal Williams isn't that bad of a running back. But you saw Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez Scanling, pretty stellar game. And you know, at that point they were under ten yards. I believe it was the seven yard line. Around that range, but definitely in the red zone. Just a few yards away from the end zone to get a touchdown and then the chance to tie it with a two point conversion. You decide to kick the ball with just under just about it, two minutes left in the game. Before decides to kick it, decides not to go for it, even though you have arguably one of the best and most clutch quarterbacks in the game. Turned out to backfire. Make the field goal successfully. They kick it over. At that point, thirty-one to twenty six. And can the Packers stop the Bucks from getting a first down and switch and change of possessions and Give some kind of a chance to Aaron Rodgers. They have to score a touchdown anyways to win. field goal wouldn't help. Well, that turns out it was for shit. Did not work. A big failure. Bucks score the first down. They want to get in the first down anyways. And that leads the Bucks to winning their first NFC title since 2002. Matt LaFleur has a lot to think about. We clearly see Aaron Rodgers is not certain of the future. He seemed absolutely distraught and upset about losing his 5th NFC Championship. Not producing the comeback. Having all momentum killed. Especially on the Aaron Jones fumble. The Kevin King getting beat by Scotty Miller. And Tom Brady having that 39-yard touchdown to spread the deficit even more. And well, it's just really too bad. The Packers were... I think at one point the best team in the National Football League. And, well, Tom Brady's just magic. He's the best winner. He proved it. And another major reason why the Bucs won today is because of their defense, especially their pass rush. Five sacks on Aaron Rodgers. Shaq Barrett with three. My man J- JPP, one of my favorite New York Giants of all time, with two. The Gasu Still a big presence, tipping a lot of passes that did not work, especially when we had St. Brown drop a what could have been a huge two-point conversion, drops it because of Sue tipping the ball. Shouts to him and the linebackers for the Bucks. I mean, Devin White with 15 total tackles, nine of them solo. Devontae David with the big presence. Another great game also from Carlton Davis at the corner position. Another defensive back is Sean Murphy Bunting. Remember, he made the one pick against Aaron Rodgers, and it was, man, only a really skilled man with hands mate was able to make the pick he did today. And, yeah, makes sense why the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. Obviously, with Tom Brady, anything's possible. But no matter who is on his team or who he has to throw the ball to, he's going to get it. What a great game by him! Definitely the best one of the playoffs so far, I believe. You know, twenty you know twenty completions for thirty six attempts, two hundred eighty yards, three touchdowns. You know, the three picks definitely could be diminished diminished and. He cannot be throwing those picks, and he threw some stupid lobs out there. But you know what? With a great defense holding one of the goat, one of the other great quarterbacks of all time, this team can uh, show why they're legit and why Tom Brady is just that significant and important. I mean, this team—the Bucks were not even in the playoffs since 2007, and a man named Tom Brady comes by the team. It's mostly the same. You know, few additions to their offense. But essentially the same team, same head coaches last year when Jameis Winston was playing. Bruce Arians brings this guy in. And what happens? They get to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady leaves Bill Belichick's system the very next season. He leaves in April. And then by February, he is back in the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. What... A- It really is amazing and humbling. And even though I'm not a Patriots fan or a Buck fan, my dad is. I have just tremendous respect for Tom Brady. One of the greatest winners of all time. One of the most inspirational winners of all time. And he earned it. It is amazing what he did. And now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be the very first team to ever play a home game at the Super Bowl. And, well, they earned it. And you could go on the road, beat the Washington football team, you beat Drew Brees and the Saints, then you go into Lambo, beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, you deserve to win the NFC. And now we have an incredible Super Bowl. We have a living legend versus a legend in the making. The two brightest stars in the National Football League in the last 20 years. And I can't wait. I sincerely can't wait. And I will give my predictions of the Super Bowl next Thursday when I talk to Jake Campbell and we're gonna talk about the Super Bowl he's a Chiefs fan I'm a football fan I'm a Giants fan but also most importantly a football fan with a lot of knowledge and opinions and research and skills so it's gonna be fun talking about the biggest game of the year what an incredible day football what an incredible weekend what an incredible interview and conversation with Cliff Mula! Thank you again for coming on. Thank you for all the amazing fans, listeners, and people who give me a chance to entertain and inspire them. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to like and subscribe and leave a review. And I'll be back on Thursday with Brandon Freeber, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But well, this was a great show, a lot of great football. And again, I will tell you how I think the Super Bowl will unfold next Thursday, and then that Tuesday after, not Monday, but Tuesday after the Super Bowl, I will be reflecting on the NFL's intense but amazing season it was with a few other great friends of mine and experts in themselves. But It's been real. It's been fun. Let's have a great week. I love it. appreciate all of you. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you again on Thursday. Until then, my name is Matt Brown. Be safe, make your family proud, and make yourself proud. I'll see you again soon. Peace!